that's happening with everything. Radio. Let's see. Dorothy Morrison, please check out www.wickedwitchstudios.com for all of your witching needs. She is still producing 2022 home blessing ornaments. Get them while they're still available because it's not going to be much longer now. If you've never heard the show before, <laughs> this is not a GPG or even an R-rated show, so... If bad language, bodily function, dirty talk, any kind might upset you, this is not the show for you. But I kind of hope it is. So anyway, without further ado, my guest this evening is the amazing author and creative bartender, the amazing cocktail mistress, Julia Helena Hadass. Hi, babe. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be back again. Yes, it is wonderful to have you back. It is wonderful, especially because you have a brand new book out. I do, yeah. It's called Moon Magic Mythology. It just came out. It was supposed to come out early December, but it came out a month early in November. So it's brand spanking new. Well, you know, I got to say, <laughs> with the year, the way this year has been running, any chance to get booze in my system faster is probably a good idea. So, <laughs> <laughs> I feel so on that one for sure. Ser- seriously, for folks who don't know, this is Julia Moon Moon Magic and Mixology is Julia's second book. Her first book was Witchcraft Cocktails, um, which was a wonderful hit as well. Um, and this was a little bit different. I noticed that in your first book, you talked a lot about tarot and how that relates to mixology. And this time you leaned pretty heavily uh, into astrology, which I found fascinating. What was the impetus for that? Yeah, so a big part, you know, of, of how I grew into all of this, when I was originally offering mixed drinks specials at a bar, I was doing astrologically based cocktails based off of what was happening in the sky. And then after the first book came out, I started offering more moon specific, so not necessarily all of the other astrological happenings, but specifically the moon on my blog. And so that ended up turning into a book with my publisher. And so, yeah, it's particularly moon-focused. And, you know, it, I love the astrological aspect of it because moon worship is like a, a big part of my practice for me, particularly with the astrological phases of what the moon is, if it's new, if it's full. It's just an opportunity for healing and growth, especially when you know more information about what sign it's in and all of that. And so I really wanted to put it in a book with not yeah. just the craft cocktails, but with the astrology to help people. Like, you know, if you don't want to go for a mixed drink, you can just read the astrology, or you can do both. Yeah, I, and I really appreciated the fact that you went through all of the phases and times of the year, you know, in your first book, you leaned very heavily on the magical aspect as far as, you know, some of our more well-known holidays. And a lot of this is your, I mean, your new book, first of all, this new book is gorgeous. Um, It looks (laughs) like marble with gold 
embossed writing on it. It's just really, it's a sexy book. <laughs> you want to just like have it so you can say, I'm going to just open my mixology book, please. It's really elegant. It's beautifully done. I mean, your first one was beautifully done too, but you really kicked it up a lot in this book. It is gorgeous. And I love the fact that you also, you know, you had you had talked about certain minerals and crystals in your first book as they relate and you did the same thing in this book with with other things and i love the fact that you always include a very uh complete aspect whenever you're approaching this and i find it so interesting because you know the relation of moon phases and certain gemstones is not something I ever thought about in terms of um, alcohol or mixed drinks. And I just found that aspect really fascinating. So I'm sure you get a lot of requests for specific things. What what do you find to be the thing you're asked for the most? The thing asked for the most in terms of, of like drinks or what do you mean? Yeah. In terms of drinks, like what when somebody when someone who knows who you are says, "I'm I I feel such and such a way. Can you suggest a drink for me?" Like what do you find? What do you find people are asking for the most? Is it about love or is it about jobs? What are you asked about the most? You know, I think people tend to ask most for for kind of cleansing first of all you know because a lot of times and people in general you know even if i'm just at a, a normal bar people sit down at a bar in order to relax and have a good time so the primary thing is a lot of times people are kind of detoxing after the day unwinding and so number one thing is kind of you know a lot of cleansing grounding energy and then as well as you know happiness and peace so that tends to be the main one not as love is a very like fun idea on certain occasions, but I think in these times people are <laughs> looking a little more for, you know, that that cleansing and peace of mind. Mhm. Yeah, I think after the last couple of years, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of demand for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like you said, Adams Media, who uh, they did a wonderful job designing the book um it's so gorgeous how it turned out so yeah it really is you know tomorrow is one of probably the the most popular nights to have a drink of the entire year so i was going to ask you you know where are we astrologically and what do you recommend for tomorrow night from your book Yes, absolutely. I'm so excited you asked that question, actually, because we are, like, there's so many wonderful things going on. So um, primarily, you know, we have the um, Capricorn New Moon on the 2nd of January. So it's immediately following the moon. And so personally right now, my own attention is going towards purification and cleansing and kind of tuning in to, you know, my, my own wisdom and spirit. And so things like more immediately for purification would be wonderful. So the lunar purification is a great choice because it's actually grapefruit. Um, it's gin, so it has that cleansing base. And it's also got a champagne, champagne float on there. So you get a little bit of that New Year's feel, to, you know, carrying a new energy for the New Year. Um, some other drinks. So one that I actually created, you know, bay leaf wishing spells, which of course is inspired by the person who brought me into magic, which would be Dorothy Morrison. She had a lot of bay leaf stuff in some of her books. So there is the golden moon, which actually is like a, a whiskey sour variation with some spices and bay leaf, and it's actually the combination of a wishing spell and a cocktail. So that's a great one for making wishes into, you know, the new year, the cleansing, you have the egg white for rebirth. So that's another um, great choice for this time. Yeah. I also, you know, one of the things I love about you is the fact that you also recognize that folks may not have a lot of money 
um, or may not be able to afford, you know, really nice champagnes or expensive wines. And you always remember that. And, and I think that is so wonderful, and I really appreciate that about you. You're just great. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think that's an important thing, you know. I mean, like for myself, too, you know, when I'm doing all these cocktails on the block, buying a bunch of herbs is just expensive, you know, and everyone's favorite preferences are different. So just improvise where you can. And I think the challenge of, you know, for a newer author like myself writing a second book is, you know, I this yeah. book was supposed to be different from the first one, but at the same time in my head, I know it's like a book. So I was trying to throw some different things in there, you know, like some butterfly tea flower, yeah. color changing, concoctions, circles and alchemy with the moon. But also if you don't have those ingredients, it's not necessary. You know, all those things you can find online, um, you know, even through Etsy, if you want to support some small businesses, but definitely making it work best for you and what you have on hand. And that's why I kind of included a reference in the back of the book for all of the moons, and that was um, a little complicated to put together because I wanted to look at the moon, you know, herbal associations and things like that, as well as the astrological sign. And so I combined it, and also it was edible. <laughs> That's a big one. <laughs> um, so I compiled the reference in the back to, you know, with different herbs and crystals that people can use to switch things out um, or to inspire their own concoctions if they don't have something that the book suggests. I know. And, you know, because you give, and in the first book you gave a lot of recipes for shrubs, and I admit immediately that I did not know what a shrub was in this particular venue before you. Um, <laughs> but you put, <laughs> some, you, put, you put some really awesome um, syrups in this book. Which is great because I had been looking, I remember the last time we spoke, or actually the first time we spoke, because this is the third time I think, the first time we spoke about your first book, I remember we were discussing, you know, that I was looking for a specific ingredient and you were kind of teaching me how to make it on the air, which was pretty awesome. But <laughs> this, you know, compendium of syrups, and it's not just about alcohol. I, I really hope folks understand that there is a lot about um, the, again, you, and you mentioned it just a minute ago, the edible elements uh, section, which I think is so fantastic. And I would, I mean, you really, you give a lot of uh, reference points for, you know, certain things and spices and, and fruits, which is beautiful, and even a couple of vegetables. So I was wondering, you know, so you've got this beautiful second book. It's got fantastic discussions about astrological cocktails and moon phase cocktails, which is fantastic. And, you know, it's very helpful as far as, you know, what might be appropriate for which moon or what phase of the moon. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen anything like your books before, um, certainly not in my life. Uh, so what what are you writing next? What I Because I, I know you. You're... <laughs> You have itchy feet. <laughs> yes. I, I think pretty much anyone, you know, in the pagan or witchcraft world tend to be creative people. You know, the second you complete one thing, ten different more ideas pop in your head. Um, so I love working on stuff. Um, I have to, you know, send it over to my publisher first. You know, I'm working on stuff yeah. on my blog. I have some cocktails for retrograde coming now since that's happening on, um, on the blog. But actually, not necessarily writing. Um, I am. I, I have this amazing opportunity to come up, and there's a bar called The Grand in Phoenix here in Arizona. And we're going to be starting Witchcraft Wednesdays in January. So every Wednesday, there's going to be a unique selection of cocktails from my books and blog, and we're going to improvise a little bit. And it's going to be aligned oh. with, you know, the, the closest lunar event or whatever energy is in the air. 
you know, so uh, even though what I'm talking about sounds kind of extra and out of the way, it's super affordable. You just have to go to some, some thrift stores and um, find the glassware section there. Oh, absolutely. Oh, so I have to tell you this story very briefly, talking about glassware, and then I want your opinion of what I got. So I have a very tall altar. It's five levels. It's kind of like a a ladder bookshelf with five different levels. So instead of books, I have like all my altar stuff on it. And next to it, I have a really huge bookshelf, well, bookcase, because I this is what I do. I have all these books. So anyway, there was this horrible accident three nights ago where the bookshelf collapsed and took part of my altar with it. Now, at the very top of my altar, I had these two very, yes, child, my offering glasses that I give, you know, I make offerings to my gods with, with two very specific shot glasses. Actually, they're not even shot glasses. They're liqueur glasses, hand-blown, really stunning. They both took a fatal hit. They both smashed to bits. And I'm thinking, I have to have... Now, I know the gods have a sense of humor because they're like, bitch, we told you to clean this fucking thing. Now we're going to make you. So everything came down. It took hours of vacuuming glass because I have a lot of glassware because my offerings are Bombay Gin and Glenlivet whiskey. Glenlivet. So I had to have new vessels, right? So I don't drink it. My gods do, but I don't. They drink better than most people I know. Anyway... So I'm looking, I'm like, what am I going to use? What am I going to do? These glasses were so special. How am I going to replace them? I've never seen glasses like this. I go on Amazon, (laughs) and I find two marble shot glasses, okay? Gorgeous marble shot glasses for 10 bucks for the pair. I'm like, I don't give a shit. Those are pretty. Right? So they arrived yesterday. I got them set up. The offering cups went back up on the, on the now very clean altar, I must say. Um, <laughs> but what do you think about stoneware and marble as vessels for alcohol? Because that's what they're sitting in now. Oh, absolutely. And you can, but it's going to depend because marble usually has a lot of different minerals in it. Um, so it's hard to break yep. that down unless you know specifically what's going on in there. But I love that because that's, that represents, you know, grounding. It represents the earth, right? And it's kind of like when you think about yep. it, a lot of times alcohol is kind of removed. You know, it's distilled so many times, but the reality is alcohol is the product of the harvest. So when you take something that's stone and marble, I just it has an earthy, powerful feeling to it that's just reconnected to its roots of, you know, the earth and all of that. So I think that's amazing. And I love it, too, like when you can get, like, rose quartz coasters or even just little, you know, gems to put on the bottom of your glass or whatever, just so many different layers that you can use stones with your drinks. You know, obviously not putting it inside but I love that. I've always been drawn to those marble goblets. There's just something about it beyond the fact that it's, you know, very grounding and earth-oriented, but also, you know, you think of ancient. It's got an ancient feeling to it. So I can only imagine how gorgeous You're breaking up really badly. Can you repeat all of that? You were breaking up so badly for a minute. Oh, no, I'm so sorry. You know, even the image of a marble, you know, a goblet, yeah. so ancient in in this imagery that I just love. I imagine that those glasses must look great. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. It was a really great find for 10 bucks for two marble shot. I mean, just really simple but very pretty shot glasses. And I got them super quick. And, I mean, if I had gone for – for crystal, I would have spent like 10 times what I spent 
because crystal yeah. is so expensive. And sometimes marble just does it, you know. I mean, it is very yeah. earthbound, and um, I was luck. I was very lucky. So you know, sometimes there's a reason why accidents happen, so you can make shit into a better way or using a better substance or something. I just felt like when, when the whole thing crashed, and I will tell you, it was like a cartoon. My husband and I are sitting in the other room, and we hear a crash, and then we hear another crash, and then we hear like an avalanche of crashing. So oh, my God. So it collapsed layer by layer. Oh, it was like a cartoon because we were sitting here. Now, here's the thing. It's a good thing I wasn't in the room at the time because I would have run to the bookcase to try to save not just everything that was on the bookcase but on the altar as well. And I probably would have gotten myself sliced to ribbons because of all the glass and all the crystals. Yeah. I, you know, I had to pare things down. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> Message received. Um, but seriously, I'm very lucky I wasn't in the room because I think I would have been seriously, seriously injured. And like the most expensive stuff in the room, um, even though it was sitting in the same proximity, was completely untouched. Like my my 65 inch flat screen TV was sitting right Ooh. there. Nothing. I lost out. Oh, my God. Well, I'm glad you were able to find a replacement at least because I definitely know what that can feel when you lose all that nice stuff. But, you know, in California, we're used to earthquakes. So I'm not surprised coming from where I'm from, you know. But I'm glad that you found something nice to replace it with. And I imagine holding that marble cup feels so magical and powerful and grounding surprisingly enough for something that came from amazon of all things i mean listen it's not that i support or endorse amazon i but i genuinely needed something fast so these two cups seriously were very cheap I don't have, you know, I don't have a fortune. Everything I have, I've had for a super long time. Like those, the offering glasses that I originally had, I had for six years. They were a gift. I didn't even buy them. So I was devastated. And my husband's looking at me and he's like, what, what are you freaking out about? And I said, my offering glasses are broken. I cannot give mm. the gods offerings in water glasses, okay? I can't use old <laughs> smuckers jars to make deity offerings. I'm like, I need something stepped up. And but he's like, okay, so just, you know, we'll go shopping. And I'm like, no, A, it's the pandemic and it's getting worse where I am. So that's out. And, you know, quite frankly, I need something in a hurry because I can't go into the new year without offering glasses. So, I mean, it was just this whole thing, and he thought I was being crazy, which I was. Um, But, I mean, and, you know, and my gods don't drink just anything. Did Did I ever tell you the story of how I was trying to give them wine offerings and they didn't like the wine? Yes, you did, actually. Freaking believable. So I've now got a formula that they seem to appreciate. Yeah, gin and scotch. My gods are luscious, but they love me. Um, so, yeah, it was really important to me that I not go into the new year without their offering glasses. So, yeah, I had to bite the bullet Absolutely. and do it. So, but it was cheap. So, I, you know, so I really did luck out. But anyway. That that was that craziness this week with with uh, <laughs> the gods and their booze. Um, so I wanted to ask you, what to you is the most important part when you're making a cocktail? Now, let me completely ask this question. Is it, and I know intention is always important, so that part of it's, of the question is a given, but is it the alcohol itself that's important or is it the creation of a syrup 
that's important? Like what is the most, sing, aside from intention, what is the single most important ingredient in making a magical cocktail, do you think? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I feel bad that you're asking me this because I'm someone that I love to layer on magic. Like so to me, I don't have to focus on a single thing. It's about like the whole experience. You know, like I'm going to make an incense to match whatever yeah. cocktail I make, you know, or that. Um, but I would wow. say the most important thing to me is matching ingredients to the intention. Um, well, actually, Ooh. the most important thing, too, should also be that you like how it tastes. Because if you don't like how it tastes, you're not going to drink it. You're not going to have a great experience right. when you're sipping it. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but the the main thing to me is, the layers of ingredients that you put in, if they're in line to your intention. Um, yeah. yeah. Wow. Cool. So <laughs> I feel like such a goober with these questions. I'm so sorry if I sound completely stupid. Um, oh, you're great. But drinking is a new – drink, here's the thing for me. Drinking is an old and a new thing for me. Like when I was younger in my teens, like I could drink – and I could drink hard, honey. I mean, I'm talking like amaretto and orange juice first thing in the morning and shots of Pernod for a couple of hours before I'd fall over. And now <laughs> I'm such a lightweight. You know, I mean, it's unbelievable how you could be such a drinker at one point in your life and like even sniffing certain things now and I feel like I'm half drunk. I get drunk if I've had NyQuil. That's how much of a wuss I have become. <laughs> but but here's the thing, and it's really true. When I've had a very hard, see, you know, like pot and, and all that stuff that has THC in it is still not um, legal where I live. So you know, responsibly done, um, sometimes you need something to take the edge off. And if there's, you know, you know, certain things that are not available, you know, alcohol is easily, well, I shouldn't say easily because, oh, my <laughs> God, there seems to be an alcohol shortage in North Carolina right now because my husband had to go to three stores to find just some regular Johnny Walker. Seriously. Wow. Three stores. Wow. Supply chain management, man. Booze is missing from the shelves. I hope everyone who is listening got their stash for the weekend because <laughs> Buttercup supply chain management is fucking up our shit. I'm telling you. <laughs> three stores he had to go to for Johnny Walker. Just regular, just Johnny Walker. Unbelievable. That's unbelievable. So anyway, but it also depends on what state I, you're in. I've I've heard of. I mean, I'm lucky that I was in California for most of my life, at least most of my drinking age, I should say, anyway. Um, you know, there's certain states where you can't buy alcohol on Sundays. You can't buy it past a certain hour, right. you know, things like right. that. So, I mean, some places it's really, That's, you know, you have to go to, yeah. Yeah, those, the blue laws um, were in effect, but they changed here in North Carolina you can you can now drink on Sundays. It's been like that for a number of years. But supply I think it's really supply chain management issues that are hitting different places in the country at different times um, because getting folks to drive the product from the docks to the stores, to the warehouses, to the distribution centers, um, there yeah. are fewer truck drivers now than ever were before. So a lot of the things that your typical ABC store or liquor store would have are now in really short supply because they're just having trouble getting product from overseas. Um, even from across the country, they're having trouble getting stuff to just be trucked out where it needs to go. So I hope everybody has what they need. So, um, 
you know, it's just it's just been a fascinating thing to watch when you have to go to three different stores for one of the most basic basic products known to alcohol. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's a little early. Yes, yeah, so it's rough. <laughs> I know. But what I was saying, but what I was, what I was getting to with all that is, you know, sometimes when you come home from work and you're like, I need something to take this fucking edge off before I hurt somebody, you know, you walk into the kitchen and you know you see what you have and you you, you mix a little something to just kind of settle yourself down from the stresses of the day, and I think color, and I love the fact that you address color. Um, in this book as far as like the the alchemy of making certain syrups yeah. and things you create i mean butterfly pea powder never pea even heard flower, of it yeah wow purple yeah. gorgeous it's, it's seriously the it's color is magic yes it, it is, and it's, it's a wonderful thing. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to work with butterfly pea flower. There's some companies that are infusing their alcohol with that, like Empress Gin, and there's also Unicorn Vodka in certain states that is infused with that. But you can also order that stuff on Etsy or online, and it's really this type of pea flower that comes from East Asia, and it changes color cool. upon contact with acid. And already, you know, peas and pea flowers are associated with a lot of themes that people work with for the moon, you know, um, maybe feminine-associated energies um, and transformation, hope, renewal, things like that. Um, so butterfly pea flower, with its color-changing dynamic, and the pea flower associations, it's just perfect for working with alchemy associations of the moon and transformation and all that stuff that I listed. So, uh, yeah, pea flower is a great one. And it sounds so weird, but really, like, you can, you can get it online pretty easily um, these days because it's rising in popularity. So it's a wonderful ingredient to work with. It's not the best flavor-wise, which is why I mix it with, with other herbs. <laughs> Yeah, um, but it adds a whole dimension. You know, if you're working with visual magic and want something to symbolize change and transformation in your life, um, and so it's a great ingredient to use for working with that. Speaking of which, I wanted to ask you about the inspiration for your lunar transformation syrup. Where did that come from? Yeah. Yeah, so actually, so the fun thing is, you know, when you are, um, you know, I, I generally have a short time to put together these cocktail books. And so um, I had originally created, it's a different syrup and a different cocktail, but on my blog I had done um, a a cocktail for one of my friend's birthdays. She pours, she um pours bismuth and so it's kind of like an art form you know you isolate bismuth and then you control its cooling process it forms these geometric structures and so an artist wow. friend of mine who's, um, her company is Elle's Alchemy and so she does these gorgeous bismuth pieces and so it was her birthday we our birthdays a day apart and I wanted to create a cocktail to represent you know um, bismuth and her and her energy and so so I knew Butterfly Pea Flower how to be it because it changes from blue to a purple or pink color, you know, and that perfectly embodies the colors that you generally see on bismuth. And so I created this syrup and a cocktail, you know, oriented towards that alignment. And then, of course, when the book came along, I was like, well, I have to do Butterfly Pea Flower. And at that point, I had already worked with it that I was able mm-hmm. to, you know, put together the ingredients. So you've got lavender. It's different from the one on my blog. Um, the one on my blog uses violet flowers. This can be a little trickier to get. But in the book, it uses yeah. lavender for, for peace, um, psychic abilities. When you think of transformation and alchemy, that's a big part of it, right? Lavender helps relax the mind, helps us tune into our inherent psychic abilities and senses to manifest things and through transitions, as well as um, vanilla. 
great for manifesting. It's also got that, you know, love vibration in there. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, and then I put that in a cocktail with other moon-associated ingredients. So, of course, you have an acid to change the color, which you add last, which is lemon juice. Lemon's associated with the moon. And you've got coconut liqueur. Um, and coconut, well, coconut's associated with the moon. It's great for healing. Again, great for more of, I hate using the word feminine, but what we associate under the term feminine. Um, and you also got violet liqueur, which I have to say the violet liqueur recipe in my book is to die for. I can't wait to do a tutorial uh-huh. for that because I love creme de violet or violet liqueur, and this is just amazing. But you can use a store-bought one. And so you have that in there, too. And so you have, you know, the hope associations, uh, especially coming into spring. So kind of represents mm-hmm. all of that transition, and it's got great seasonal associations right now coming from winter to in bulk and finally to spring. So, yeah. Oh, very awesome. So something I've always been curious about, and – a pro- it's a product I really don't understand. The, the, my only application or real experience with Angostura bitters is that a friend of mine, when I would get very sick because I have Crohn's disease, when my stomach would get upset, she would mix some Angostura bitters into a glass of ginger ale and have me drink it very slowly to like calm my stomach down. But talk to me about the importance and what are bitters and the importance of having bitters in a cocktail? Oh, absolutely. Um, and, and I love this question, too, because the thing is, there was a time that I'm going to go on a tangent, so forgive me. Um, oh. Alcohol has been so far removed from its roots. The reality is, is although we think of like nowadays, oh, you drink and you go out and party, and if that's how you unwind and that's what you love to do, you know, respect to you for that. But alcohol is magically and spiritually associated at its root. So pretty much everything in the modern craft cocktail movement has ancient roots. So shrubs are ancient. That was a way to preserve different tonics for the stomach when there was no refrigeration. Um, and bitters are the exact same thing. Bitters, like Angostura bitters, which you mentioned, come from the 1800s. There's like the Surgeon General of the Portugal Army, I, I believe it was Portugal, I might have forgotten by now, created this special tincture to help with people who were having stomach issues, stomach maladies. And um, it's a top secret recipe of like 47 or so ingredients. Only three people in the world know it. But those are the bitters that you put in your cocktails now. They're originally used for medicine and even further back, you know, there's strong alcohol potent flavors. Um, It's like lavender bitters. It's basically alcohol pulling out the oils of that ingredient um, and it's because you use something like Everclear or something super high proof, you add just a few drops into your cocktail and it adds such a potent and powerful change to the drink that it's just a hint of flavor. And at the same time, you can also put bitters on your garnish. So if you have a little lemon wheel floating, dehydrated or not dehydrated, or something floating in your drink, you put a few drops of bitters on that garnish and it will slowly disperse into your drink so it changes how you experience it over time but it also creates an aroma when you drink it Um, you get those bitters first thing on your nose when you disperse them that way and that also enhances your drinking experience so bitters are really powerful um, super ancient and it's a nice way to add just a hint of flavor to help balance out a cocktail without adding a more alcohol to it oh wow I didn't know that. See, and my only experience of bitters was not in, not even in a mixed drink per se. It was given to me with ginger ale too, as a medicine, as a medicinal, just like you just said. And I think people forget that the root of alcohol is was in medicine, not in, you know, pleasure and silliness necessarily. Although that's cool too, whatever you're into. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it was supposed to be a medicinal and, and, you know, in the right doses is still a medicinal. And as we are now learning from you, uh, part of magical practice, 
which is lovely for those of us who yeah. are like, oh. <laughs> you know, that's another, it's just another way to practice magic, you know, and of course, intention being everything, when you cook uh, and you put your ingredients in, your intention and alignment of your ingredients um, enhances the magic of your cooking, as Gwen Raven would tell you, uh, the gentleman who wrote The Magic of Cooking. He was fantastic, also a fantastic book. Um, but it's the same thing with this, with, with these beautiful, beautiful cocktails. Every, you know, the intention of what you're trying to do, if you do things in a certain alignment, it works out much better than if you're just throwing things together, you know, all slapdash and slipshod. Um, so it really is about having, you know, you don't have to have a degree in it like you do because you know everything about it. But, you know, armed <laughs> with this book, I feel like I feel like I can do some really effective, um, you know, magical workings with with a drink. It's I think, and you make it so easy because you give these beautiful recipes and. So things that would be more rare to find, you give recipes for those. I mean, the syrups alone, I will tell you that I have spent as much as $25 for a bottle of a certain type of syrup because I didn't know I could, yeah, because I didn't know I could make it myself. And there was a point in time last year where I was looking for it Remember you taught me how to make lemon syrup <laughs> because I didn't want to spend it was so expensive online if I could even find it and I don't think I was able to find it and you were like you don't need that you can make it yourself and I'm like oh. yeah <laughs> yeah you making know, so syrup is yeah making syrup oh, is is fantastic sorry to interrupt you <laughs> um, because no, not at all. you can use non alcoholic drinks you can use them for alcoholic drinks. And once you have a syrup made, like let's say you put your intention and have this aligned cocktail syrup, which can take like five to ten minutes to make, you know, and a few ingredients. It doesn't have to be super yep. complicated like you were saying. But you have something you can then use for over the next month that you can add to your coffee, to your tea. I mean, it's just the syrup part you can really take so, so, so far to make anything that you drink delicious or even add to, like, a fruit salad or, you know. So the syrup part is is really great. And it can be super simple just using herbs and, you know, um, dried spices that you have in, in your cabinet. Oh, absolutely. And you could, I mean, to even take it further, not only can you use certain syrups in in other applications, but, you know, with your book, you can figure out what to add to maple syrup and make breakfast even more interesting in a non-alcoholic way, but through syrups. I mean, there's so many different applications. And because this book has so much information, and I have to tell you, I really enjoyed Witchcraft Cocktails, your first book. Um, and I highly recommend it. This book, you kind of need both. Um, they stand alone. Don't get me wrong. They stand alone. But, but, but to have both books together is kind of a volume one and volume two or sister books or book A and book B, however you want to word it, because it's, it's additional information. It's additional stuff. It's, a different focus. There was a lot more tarot focus in your first book. There's a lot more moon focus in this book. It's lovely. I can't wait to see what your next focus is because you got to <laughs> know another book is coming because I already said it. Therefore, it'll happen because I'm yeah, it's really wrong. No, seriously, this book is so beautiful, and I really love it. It's, a, it's not just a great gift. If you don't drink, you're still going to enjoy it. There's a lot of interesting information about all the moon phases. You talk about the moon in astrology. It's fantastic. I just really appreciate that it's not a a one-topic book. Do you know what I mean? It's not – yes, it is mostly about mixology, but mixology – 
really actually means more than just alcohol. So I, I would like yeah. folks to check it out because it's a really super nice book. So in the few minutes, my love, that we actually have left, um, tell me about what your year coming up looks like, uh, if you'll be doing things live and in person, and what you're going to be doing online again, and how folks can get in touch with you. Absolutely. I love that. And thank you for talking about my book in that way. This one, I really wanted it to be different and embody a lot of different stuff. So I'm just happy to hear that it, it hit the mark with you. Um, so for oh, totally. the new year, like I said already, um, in January 12th, starting then, we're going to do Witchcraft Wednesdays. So if you're in Arizona or visiting, you can come visit me at the Grand in Phoenix, and you can have some special libations. We're going to do like a demo, and then you'll be able to drink and get your book signed. So we'll be doing that every Wednesday. And then my main focus, other than hopefully working on a new book project, is going to be creating a a class. I wanted to create an online class to kind of just – I have a lot of knowledge from, you know, working at a distillery in addition to bartending, and I wanted to show people Mm -hmm. visually the things that I talk about in my book and also take it a step further. So that way you can feel confident um, and work with whatever tools you have at home. And, yeah, those are going to be the main things. Um, And I do have, you know, some tutorials that I'm going to do coming up in the new year when I get reoriented after the holidays with some tutorials from this book. And we have a special group on Facebook for that. So, yeah. That's awesome. So are you going to be traveling next year and making any appearances at any festivals, or are are people going to be able to see you any other place aside from where you're doing your, 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 your cocktails on Wednesdays? Oh my God, that's I love that you asked that. Um, I hopefully <laughs> um, I spoke to one shop out in Salem, um, so we but we kind of put a vague date on it because of the COVID stuff. So we'll yeah. see. But I would love, like, my goal is to travel. So anyone has any ideas, you can reach out to me um, on Instagram. My name is Witchcraft Cocktail, or you can check out my website and let me know where you think I should go because I would love to just travel. So any ideas and I'll make it happen. <laughs> Tell people the name of your website, dear. <laughs> oh, yes, witchcraftcocktails.com. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you got to get the plug in, babe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, Julia, this book, Moon Magic Mixology, is really a beautiful book. I wish you every success with it. I know Witchcraft Cocktails was really successful, and I I know this one's going to be even bigger, as will everything else you do, because you are such a joy to speak with, and you are such a joy to learn from, and I just adore you. And I, I hope you will come back on in the new year and share with me again everything you're up to. And just to catch up, I love it. Thank you so much. It's always so much fun talking to you. I absolutely love being here. So thank you for having me again. Oh, you're such a doll. And it was great to have you back on. And thank you again for, like, sending out my 2021 on a high note because this is the last (laughs) show of the year. And it was such a pleasure to have you. And I will talk to you again soon. I hope you have a wonderful, blessed New Year. I guess she went. All right, everybody. I will see you, t- not, not tomorrow. I will see you on the 1st at 11 a.m. with Jessica Marie Baumgartner. And we are going to do a New Year ritual. And she is going to lead us in a New Year's meditation at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Have a wonderful New Year's Eve. Drink responsibly. Take care, everybody. <laughs>